So we celebrate the solemnity of Mary, the mother, uh, mother of God, which is an interesting title. Um, and it's important that we understand it correctly or it sounds kind of weird. And it's actually a title of Mary that, that was um, pretty intensely deba- debated at one point in the early church. So in the 300s, 300s? Let me check. Nope, 400s. There was a bishop named Nestorius. And he got up Christmas morning and um, like I did little kids homily, which I don't know if anyone was here this year. Kind of a train wreck. Anyway, um, turns out kids are unpredictable. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> no, it was very cute and a train wreck. It was a cute train wreck. Um, but anyway, Nestorius got up Christmas and preached a homily about how Mary is not the mother of God. And people lost their minds and they were furious. There was like rioting that happened. Here's what he was thinking. He's like, well, she's not the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus. Um, And she's the mother of Jesus' humanity, but she's not the mother of God. The flaw in Nestorius' thinking was he didn't realize how deeply in Jesus humanity and divinity are connected. So Jesus is one person, just one person. But he's completely, in every possible way, God. And he is completely, in every possible way, a human being both at the same time. And because Jesus is God, and he has a mom, her name is Mary, Mary is the mother of God. Amen? Okay, no heretics here. Great job. So, it was a a debated topic, and it it was decreed by the church that, no, Mary is in fact the mother of God. She's not the Mary of God the Father. Excuse me, she's not the mother of God the Father. She's not the mother of the Holy Spirit, but she is the mother of Jesus. And Jesus is God. So therefore, we can say Mary is the mother of God. In Jesus, humanity and divinity have come together. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, that a bridge has been built. Jesus is that bridge that connects God back to man. Christmas is the celebration that we are connected back to God. It's good news. But God just doesn't want this connection between God and man in Jesus. He wants that in all of us. In the church, early church, there was a saying that That God became man so that men might become gods. God became man that we might become God. In a real way, God became one of us, became a human being, so that we humans could share in God's divinity. There's a little prayer that we say, well, I say, every every Mass, when I mingle a little bit of water in with the wine. Somebody I knew said when they were altar servers, as little kids... They watch the priest because he's got the chalice with the wine and he just puts like just a couple drops of water in and they're like, man, Father really likes wine. <laughs> not, so, not so keen on water, but he loves that wine. No, but you put just a little drop, a drop of water in and there's a prayer and it says, oh, I always forget the prayers when it's not the time. I always know it when it's my time. Through the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Through the mystery of this wine, may we, that's you and me, Come to share in the divinity of Christ, in his, in his godliness. May God's life enter into us. That's a crazy prayer, but that's, that's what we're here for, folks. Mary, receiving God and being sinless and now entering into the glory of heaven, is already participating in the divinity of God. God's divine life is flowing through her. Which, to be honest, if that wasn't the case, some things that you and I do don't make a lot of sense. Like, who, who's prayed the rosary in here in the last year? Raise your hand. Okay, at least 40 of you. So let's just take that number across the whole world, 
and then you got millions of rosaries, millions and millions of rosaries. A bunch of you did it more than once, I know for a fact, right? If Mary was just a human being, totally human, not participating in the life of God, I think she'd be a little occupied, yeah? She probably can't deal with millions of rosaries happening all the time, right? It might as well just save it, but that's not the case, so keep praying the rosary. Mary is already participating in some ways in the divinity of God, which means somehow, and we don't understand this completely, this is a mystery to us, but, but God wants us to, to share in his, his godliness, his infinitude. And so now Mary's not running around checking on all the rosaries because she is sharing in the way in which God perceives reality so she can be attentive to all of us. That means Mary can be your mom and 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 your mom. And your mom. And be, and be actually available and present to each of you because she's sharing in the life of God who is present to each of you. So Mary's the mother of God and thank God. She's the mother of Jesus. And uh, if you haven't heard it before, this is a really important idea. Jesus is giving you everything that belongs to him. There's nothing that belongs to him that he's not actively giving to you. The most important thing Jesus gives you is his father, now, God the Father has become your father, right? He's our dad now. By nature, he's not our dad. He's not our father. He's only, he only has one child. He only has one son, one beloved, and that's Jesus. But because Jesus has united you to himself uh, and given you everything he has, now God the Father is your father. So we have that through Jesus Christ. Jesus is giving you his victory of the resurrection. That's why we light the Easter candle at your baptism and we'll light it again at your funeral. Because it's not just about celebrating Jesus' victory over death, but we're celebrating the fact that he is giving that victory to you. So you don't have to be afraid of death anymore. Not because you can conquer it, but because it's already been conquered for you. And Jesus is giving you that victory. He's giving you everything. Today we celebrate the fact, too, that Jesus has given us his mom. This happened on an actual day. It was a Friday. It was in the afternoon, sometime between noon and 3 p.m., Right? We could count back the years almost to the exact moment when this happened. And on the cross, Mary looked at his beloved apostle and he said, referring to Mary, behold your mother. And she tur he turned to Mary and said, behold your son. And it says at that moment, John took her into his home. But this word that's translated home could also mean his everything. Like she, He actually took her to be his own mom. But we believe that Mary wasn't just given to John, he, she was given to all of us. So all of us have this invitation to take Mary into our home, to take her into our, our life, our everything, to actually be our actual mom. So Mary now is entrusted to us to be a mother. She loves you with the heart of a mom. And not just like the statue mom, like you, you have images of Mary and she's a statue and it's great because if it moved it might be a little freaky, right? <laughs> So it's good that it's like still and peaceful, but, but you know what a mom is like? Some of you have been with your moms for better for worse these last days, and maybe you're like, yeah, I know what a mom's like. But uh, a mom what? It makes sure that you're fed, right? That you've had something to eat. A mom, mom tells you to call when you get home, right? And then you forget about it. And then uh, anyway, uh, you forget her birthday last year too. Some of this is about me. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, but Mary loves you with the heart of like a, a mom, which can be tenacious, I got lost once when I was a kid. When I was found by my mom, she had turned into something else because she was distraught. She was like in mama bear mode because she was going to find her son. So Mary's heart towards you is the heart of a mom.
Like she has tenderness and care and she's interested and concerned. She's, she's got all of that towards you. It's no accident that we celebrate this feast day today and tomorrow at the beginning of the new year. So at the very beginning of the year, it seems like the church wants you to know that you have a mom and you're going to be taken care of. It's like everything that's coming in the whole year, it's going to first pass through the hands of, of God the Father who loves you more than you can imagine. And in all things, you're going to be held and sheltered by the love and the tenderness and the care and the protection of Mary, your mom. So you don't have to be worried about the new year. Like you are cared for. You're protected. In a special way here at Our Lady of Perpetual Help, it's, it's good to, yeah, to celebrate that. She's our patron. We celebrate the fact that Mary is always at all times ready to help us. We have the icon of Mary, uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help here, and we've talked about it before, but little Jesus is there. He, just, he has just now run into his mother's arms because he's seeing, because of these angels, a vision of and some information about how he's going to die on the cross. So the angels... Gabriel and Michael are holding the instruments of the passion, the cross, the spear, the sponge, the crown. And so little Jesus got afraid. And where did he go when he was afraid? He ran into his mom's arms. And how do we know he ran? It's actually depicted in it. If you come up and look, one of his sandals has fallen off his feet because he ran so quickly to get to his mom. So this image gives us this encouragement of, hey, anytime you're worried about anything, just you can bring it to your mom. Like, she wants to scoop you up and take care of you. And she wants to hold you close, hold you close to her heart. So as we go forward into this year, yeah, it's important that you know that you have a mom and you're, and you're taken care of, and you can give her everything. You can entrust everything to her. There's no part of your life that she's not interested in. There's no part of your life that she doesn't care about. No, she wants to hold all of it. We also, and this is kind of the last idea, yeah, we begin this year with a first reading which recounts the blessing that God offered to uh, his people during the Exodus. It's a beautiful, tender blessing, and it flows out of the heart of God. Human beings didn't make it up. No, this is what God wanted to entrust to his people. He said, this is how, this is how, you're, to bless, this is how you're to bless the Israelites. So this is what God's heart is like towards you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. There's something even calming about that blessing. It's just kind. This is the heart of God the Father for you. I'm going to read that one more time, but I'm going to pray it as your spiritual father, as your priest. I'm going to pray that over you as we conclude. It flows through my heart, but it flows from the heart of God the Father. This is the way he is towards you. This is what he wishes for you now, tomorrow, this whole year, and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look kindly upon you and give you peace.